after saving Indiana against Kennesaw State, it's time for Tamar Bates to enter the starting lineup. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen this Tuesday in every single day of the week. Long time no talk. I hope everybody had a fantastic holidays. I hope you stayed warm during this ice age that we went through over the holiday weekend. It was hard. It was very, very cold here in Indiana. We made it through. IU didn't make it any more comfortable over the weekend. Uh, Obviously, they survive against Kennesaw State in that one. But for me, the biggest takeaway that we talked about in the open, Tamar Bates, it is time for that man to be in the starting lineup. I could, there were a number of things I took away from that game. I don't want to dive too deep into it because at this point it was four days ago, but I I think, I don't think this is that controversial of a topic at this point. Tamar Bates needs to be in that starting lineup. He bailed Indiana out on Friday. I was trying to think what day the game was. It was so long ago. He bailed Indiana out on Friday uh, with his 19 points, a team high, him and Jalen Huchifino, uh, to Jalen's credit, in that second half, the two of them looked really, really good. But it's Tamar who needs to be in that starting lineup. IU badly needs his scoring. There's a, a We're going to talk about IU and it, it, the problems with the offense in the second segment. So just kind of earmark that. A, a lot of the things I'm going to talk about, just earmark that. But IU badly needs his scoring in that starting lineup. Not just his scoring, but his kind of playmaking, his ability to create shots for himself, uh, just all of that, just the type of player he is. Indiana needs that in the starting lineup. And look, Trey Galloway is a still a very fine player, and he was hoisting on Saturday, Friday, and... and uh, Probably, I mean, I don't think you should take minutes away from him necessarily. I think you should take, I don't even want to say take his starting spot away because it's not that he doesn't deserve it. It's just placing Tamar in that starting lineup changes up the rotations, gets people playing with different lineups, and it helps Indiana hopefully to stop avoiding these damn slow starts because they plagued Indiana again. I thought I had gamed the system. I mentioned it to you guys. I bet on Indiana, live bet on Indiana with Bet Online early on. I can't remember the score. Indiana was down four. I thought, ha, this is it. I have them right where I want them. I bet on the Hoosiers to cover, uh, or the Hoosiers to win by 12 and a half. They did not cover that until Tamar Bates' free throws at the very end of the game. I had no business winning that, but. IU continues to get off to these slow starts. There's a number of reasons for them. 
I think one of them can be helped at least by putting Tamar in that starting lineup, somebody that can be a scorer in a number of ways. And we've seen it. He'll get to the rim. He'll hit the mid range. His three pointer looks like it's come all the way around. He had damn near a Steph Curry esque three pointer in that game, a corner three when he was on fire where he let it go and he was turning around and, heading back down court as that thing was uh, swishing through the net. His confidence is at an all-time high, and that reason alone, I think, is a reason to move him into the starting lineup. It doesn't have to be a permanent thing, but right now, with how well he's playing and how much IU was struggling, it seems like an obvious thing to do. Perhaps he, and I don't want this to happen, but perhaps he goes into a cold spell. Then you, you switch the lineup up once again. But I think right now Indiana needs his scoring, his playmaking, his ball handling. It takes pressure off Jalen hood, Shafino as well, because right now he's really the only ball handler in that lineup. Trey Galloway can kind of do it, uh, but he, he still struggles and he's more of like a, tertiary ball handler than even just a secondary one. He still has a way to go in that regards. Tamar can be a ball handler. It may not always be to set up for other people, but he can be someone that can get to the rim. And maybe that does lead to more assists when he's playing with the starters. We also know that, that Trey Galloway's energy translates off the bench. Just fine. He did it all of last season it didn't impact his level of play and he still closed games when, when he was playing well, when race or uh, Parker Stewart wasn't playing well, Trey closed games. And we saw that that can still be the case. You can still finish with your five best guys. I think both Trey and Tamar probably are among the five best IU players right now. And you can still finish with them in certain games. I just think that right now, Tamar helps a lot of Indiana's issues. I use offenses in a rut. And like I said, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. They escaped on, on Friday. That was ugly when it didn't need to be. I mean, honestly, both sides of the ball are in a bit of a rut, but offensively there's a lot of changes that need to be made and the what we're going to talk about Tamar fits into those changes a lot better than Trey would again none of this is necessarily to disparage Trey Galloway who like I said very good player is going to be critical to IU success this year but Tamar Bates it he needs to be in that lineup IU needs him and his scoring to be in that starting lineup but like we said, I use offense. We need to talk about it because, boy, it is a mess. I will grant that they did not have Xavier. They did not have Trace. Arguably, they're two best players. Arguably, they're two most important offensive players coming into the season. I'll grant them that. But even with that, I use offense, I think, needs a bit of an overhaul during this kind of holiday period where they have a lot of time off. We'll talk about maybe some things that they need to switch up and try here in just a moment. But first let's talk about LinkedIn. These days, 
Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you guys have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Very simple process. You go to linkedin.com slash college, create your job posting for free, share it to your network uh, so that all of your connections see your hiring. You get to add some kind of vetting questions to weed out the candidates so that you know the people you're interviewing are qualified for the job. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply thanks again for making us your first listen every single day for your second listen today check out the locked on sports today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you guys get podcasts. If you did not hear uh, Monday, we did have a, an episode. It just wasn't Locked On Hoosiers. It was a year in review, which I think it was a great look at kind of the insight, as I just said, that, that Locked On can provide all these big sports moments. And we had kind of the up close and personal take on all of them. So Go listen to that. Go watch that. If you guys missed it on Monday, it is still on our feed, on our YouTube page, wherever you guys typically watch or listen to us at. I use offense is a bit of a mess. It continues to be that way. It was that way on Friday. Even granting the fact that they were without two of their best players, that was Kennesaw State. That was a team that... I mean, we did talk about they were a very good three-point shooting team. They'll probably knock off some people this year, although I I don't know that they'll actually have anybody else to knock off. Yeah, they're going into conference play. They might sneak up on somebody if they make the tournament because that team is kind of designed to, with their three-point shooting, to get hot one night and upset someone. It damn near was Indiana. I had kind of res- resigned myself to the fact at a certain point that it would be Indiana and that we were going to have to go into a two-week-long break having lost the last game and having lots of questions about Indiana. We won the game. It doesn't change that we have a lot of questions about Indiana. If you look at kind of the statistics on Ken Palm, at least, some of the raw and even advanced numbers, it looks like I use offense as is. I mean, good, and to a certain extent it is. It ranks 34th in the country. They're ninth in effective field goal percentage. If you watch Indiana's game, I think you can tell that the offense is not quote-unquote good. I think the, I think that IU probably needs to do a bit more small ball and maybe to the even starting that type of lineup because – you saw, especially in that Kennesaw State game, when IU went small, it opens up so much more of the offense, especially for someone like Jalen Hood-Shafino, 
who maybe isn't quite as good as Xavier Johnson at getting to the rim. It's not as much of a strength, I guess I should say. Although he's still very good at it and did it in that second half, but he was able to do it because there were so many more driving lanes. When you have Trace and Race kind of parked basically on opposite sides of the paint, you're constricting so much of what the offense can do. You're you're making it easier on the defense to to defend you because you don't even really have to help all that much into the paint on drives because you know your two post players are already down there. On Friday, when the when the the court was more spread out, race could come up for ball screens and that big isn't in the middle of the floor at the, in the paint anymore. And you saw how often Jalen hood Shafino got to the rim. You saw it could lead to kickouts to uh, swing passes to open looks from a number of different guys. It just freed up things more. Now, again, the caveat is on Friday, you didn't have Trace Jackson Davis. When you bring back Trace, how do you work that into there? Because you, it's really hard to bench Race Thompson. He was fantastic on Friday, and he's played really well in these couple of games without Trace. I thought he was, I mean, I, can't, I, I really, really enjoyed watching him playing in a small ball lineup. Four points is an understatement to what he did because he had 14 rebounds, three assists, and three blocks in 38 minutes. He he was so good. And so it, it seems almost unfair to bench him. The problem is when you have Race and Trace in the starting lineup together, it's really hard to play a style in which both are effective. Um, we saw last year at times, not even at times, for a chunk of the end of the season, IU kind of went to something like this with that high screen, high ball screen action with Xavier and Trace. It led to Trace backpacking the team, Xavier playing really well, but we kind of mentioned it after the season, Race just kind of fell off into the shadows a little bit because he was relegated to uh, like a corner spot up shooter. I don't, I don't have the answers about how you integrate both race and trace into a lineup while also playing small ball. What I could tell you that would make things easier is if trace would step out and shoot some jumpers. We've seen him do it in workout footage, but clearly there's a, a hurdle there between doing it there and doing it in a game that he doesn't really want to clear right now, or I guess ever in his college career, he's going to have to do it in the NBA or it's like, he's not going to have a career, but he's just not going to do that right now. So as a result, I'm not, I think in general, you need to be doing more high ball screen actions and spreading the floor more because it brings at least one of the bigs out of the paint and at, at least you basically don't have two bigs just kind of camping near the rim. It also gets guys moving a little bit more, gets the ball moving more. Like I said, if you get these driving kicks and rotations, 
Because IU has a really bad habit of just standing and watching, especially when the ball goes into the post. If Race or Malik get the ball in the post, it is four other guys staring at him as a post player. You saw, I think, one of Race Thompson's best and underrated skills is moving without the ball. He does it really well with Trace. He did it, I specifically remember, on Friday where he cut... He just cut from the top of the key down the center of the the paint, and Malik found him for, I don't remember if it was a layup or a dunk, but I just remember a simple cut because his defender had turned to look at Malik, and the race just went back door right behind him. There aren't enough guys that do that type of stuff, whether it's a, a cut to the ball, a cut through the lane, even just setting a screen off the ball on the weak side to free up a shooter just to to catch guys ball watching. IU doesn't do that. What I know right now is that what IU is doing right now is not working. And I'm hoping that these two weeks are spent almost overhauling the offense because it is a mess. It's been a mess. Even when IU won the big games, its offense was a mess. Against Xavier, it... I mean, Trace and, uh, Trace and Xavier had to play like superstars to really drag Indiana through that one against UNC. That was not a pretty game. That was IU just making it ugly and playing bully ball in the paint to outmuscle a North Carolina team that was reeling. And I mean, they've stopped reeling, but in a North Carolina team that really struggled in that regard and was in a bad place at the time. But you can look at other games. Rutgers, the offense scored 48 points. Arizona and Kansas both had really slow starts and the offense couldn't really get going. That just seems to be the recurring theme is that the offense is putting IU into a hole that they can't get out of. You got to change some things up. So... The other thing is, I don't know how you play small and also play Trace, Race, and Malik. Um, you kind of, I mean, it's it's a tough if it's it's a tough situation. I think Malik could be really good in high ball screen and, and kind of dribble handoff actions with his ability to handle the ball, and it puts him in different situations because right now he's really struggling. To, to be effective on Friday. He had five points, four turnovers, two rebounds, two fouls and assist in 15 minutes. That's what led to race having to play 38 minutes uh, was some of his struggles. So it might help him kind of ignite things as well. I'm, I'm not certain about all the answers. I think small ball is a is a, a way to go, but maybe not even just small ball, just some high ball screen action that we know worked at the end of last season. Integrate some more of that into the offense. It'll help Jalen. It'll help the offense as a whole. That's another case for putting Tamar in the starting lineup. He can run those ball screens as well. He can knock down the shot coming off a dribble that both him and Jalen can do. Adds another element to the offense that isn't there much when you have two guys in the post because mid-range shots are just going to be contested with where the defense is just kind of set up. So IU's got to mix some things up offensively, and that was 
my kind of overall biggest takeaway from that Kennesaw State game was the offense is broken and something needs to be done to it. Let's end the note in the show on a positive talking about some of the good things we've seen through Indiana or of Indiana through these first 13 games. I, we've kind of talked about how things aren't working and how they should be doing things for most of this episode. It's the end of the year. IU won't play again until 2023. Let's talk about some of the stuff, some of the positives we learned about this team so far this season. Before we do that, let's talk about something a bit more serious. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. Few becomes too many. As the evening is coming to an end and people start to head out, you're thinking of calling for a ride, but I mean, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not really that big of a deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even if you do, what's the worst that's going to happen? Your insurance goes up or you lose your license, your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road to save lives. So if you think you're ready or you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's end on some positives. And I just kind of jotted some of these down as I was thinking about it, kind of preparing for this show. They're in no specific order, but what are some of the good things we've learned about this Indiana team? Well, Trace Jackson Davis is still him. Like, he is still a dominant force. It wavered a bit at times during this season. I don't know. I used played two, played two really, really good teams like two of the best teams in the country in Arizona and Kansas and back-to-back games, that probably played a bit into it. His back might have played a bit into it. But, I mean, he's still been otherworldly. The Xavier game, we don't win without him. He gets a triple-double against Nebraska. Uh, The North Carolina game, we don't win without him. Like, he's still been an absolutely fantastic and a joy to watch, a fantastic player and a joy to watch. So, just getting a chance to continue to watch Trace is awesome. I can't state this enough. Enjoy watching him. Like, don't take him for granted. I, I see a lot of critiques of him, especially in our in the comments on YouTube. If you guys want to get into that conversation, head on over and subscribe. I just want to make sure people don't take for granted how great he is. IU's going to have a massive hole to fill next season. Fortunately, we have an entire Big Ten season, an NCAA tournament, all of that to get to watch Trace before we have to worry about that. But he has been incredible, and I've just really enjoyed watching him. Jalen hood Shafino seems to be the real deal. Again, injuries seem to be the main thing that have slowed him down, and outside of that, statistically he may not be putting up the numbers of kind of a star freshman anybody who's watching Indiana knows there's a a kind of a night and day difference in this offense 
when he's playing versus when he was not playing. And you saw on Friday when uh, he is the lone guy. He, I don't want to say he's, he's ready to take over basically. And we saw that in the second half finishes with 18 points. I think we're in store for a big run from him. It felt like he's really starting to get into the groove. He had 17 points against uh, Elon before that. So he's he seems to be really settling into a groove. And I think these couple weeks of practice to be that guy to, to, to work on being the point guard and getting comfortable in that role, I, th- I think we could be really set for a big, big conference season. I was going to say big, big, big 10 season, but that was too many bigs. A big conference season for Jalen Malik. He has high potential. Um, it's a high variance right now with, with Malik. We saw him at his absolute best early in the season. I think maybe that Xavier game might've been the high point just in terms of his impact. He was, he closed that game and, and was making plays on both ends of the floor to close that game in a win that will, I think will probably stand up as I use best non-conference win of the, of the season that and the UNC game are going to be really the only two, but that Xavier win was a good one and it's holding up so far. Xavier it looks to be kind of the real deal in this one. But Malik, when things are going, he can be a really special, impactful player. Tamar, we've talked a lot about him. He seems to have made the leap from his freshman to a sophomore season. It was a little slow early on. Uh, it, I wasn't certain. I, he was impactful, but again, statistically... It wasn't showing up, but boy, that Kennesaw State game is anything to go off of. He is ready, and I I think that he's been ready before that. I think he's played with a lot more confidence this season. He's just looked the part a lot more this season than he did last season. There were spurts and moments and even a game or so here and there where he looked good, but Tamar really looks the part, really... I, I mean, he hasn't had many bad games. Even his bad game against Kansas, I thought he did a lot of right things. The shots just weren't falling. So I'm excited to see what the Big Ten season has in store for him. Hopefully it has a lot of starts uh, in store for him. Miller Cop shooting. I would be remiss if I did not continue to eat crow on Miller Cop, who is an absolute joy to watch this season. One of the best three-point shooters just in the country, not even just like uh, for Indiana or in the Big Ten or anything like that. He is 44.6% as a three-point shooter, 29 of 65. Just fantastic. Like, I, you could not ask for more out of him on and off the court. I, I love his TikToks you guys haven't seen them the videos where before each press conference he has a word he gives a word to some to whoever's doing the press conference with him if he isn't in it he'll give it to the two guys doing it it's a word or a phrase that they have to work into it it leads to some really funny quotes uh it's a joy to watch he seems to be one of the team leaders and 
he's he's also been a leader on the court as well. So shout out to Miller for for a really strong non-conference season. Again, hopefully it carries over into the Big Ten. Ultimately, the last kind of positive, this team has potential. And I think that's clear. They haven't lived up to it and probably have been a bit disappointing through non-conference play. But we've seen enough to where I still think this is an IU team that can get to really high heights. A lot of that is how they played for the last 30 minutes in the Arizona game. There was maybe a 20-ish minute stretch in the middle of the Kansas game where they played well. Again, those are two of the best teams in the country. They're both top eight Ken Palm teams. We talked last week they're both number one seeds in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. I think it's important to keep that in mind when thinking about these teams. IU did not look at that level, look to belong at that level, which maybe some expected that. I, I don't think it was an unfair expectation to think they could be a number one seed. They don't look that part, but this is still a really good team that at times has shown that they can be dominant and be among the best in college basketball. They're going to need to do that for 40 minutes, for multiple 40-minute stretches, to accomplish what they want to accomplish this season. But this team still has the potential to be really, really good. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to look back at some of the best moments of 2022 for IU sports, whether uh, college, pro, uh, any any sport, basketball, football, there won't be a lot of those, soccer, whatever it may be, we're going to look back on all of those. So join us tomorrow. Start making your list now. See if, uh, if my list overlaps with any of yours. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, stay warm. It's getting warm again, but stay inside, stay warm, listen to Locked On Hoosiers. And as always, LEO.